All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Last Prepper Standing Podcast. Today, I got a special guest with me, Prepared Mentality. How are you doing? I'm good, brother. How's everything? Doing good, man. Got a got a nice day off at the end of the month. I don't usually get that at my job, so it was it's just enjoying it because it doesn't happen too often. Uh, for sure. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on, and I'm glad to be here to, uh, to talk with you. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I've really enjoyed your content um, since I found you. I think I first found you on uh, Instagram, and then I've been kind of going back through and try to check out some of your stuff. Um, in preparation for this interview, I got to admit, I didn't realize uh, how much awesome YouTube content you had and your preparedness talks that you have on there. So I'm going to be digging into that over the next few days. So you'll probably see a, a bunch of likes and comments from me on uh, YouTube pretty soon here. Uh, thank you, brother. Yeah, I think um, from what I can see, man, you cover a lot of stuff on there um, from just the regular preparedness to what to do with your bags, vehicle safety, emergency preparedness. Uh, how to prepare for civil unrest, tornadoes. I mean, you're covering it all. Like when you say prepared mentality, you're not joking, are you? No, man. It, it's it's basically a lifestyle. Uh, and I think that's where many of us have to start. Uh, the, the lifestyle of being prepared uh, is way different than what the rest of the world uh, thinks about, you know, emergencies and preparedness and, and doomsday preppers and all, all that craziness that they come up with uh, about, preppers and being prepared for emergencies and emergency situations. I think now, uh, since 2020, I mean, there's been a big change in people's hearts and minds uh, about what exactly preparedness is. So that's where I am with it. Right now, the change in the hearts and minds, I've definitely seen that. Uh, what the first six weeks, I think as, as we're like two years into this, are you kind of seeing that fade a little bit? Or are you still seeing like a heightened awareness around people? I'm still seeing that. Uh, I think it really depends on your location at this point. Uh, we do see a lot of uh, weather patterns that are going to do a lot of damage. Um, definitely, you know, if you're on, you know, the East Coast or West Coast, you definitely have to, you know, figure out what's going to impact you the most. Uh, and I think also with the economy, uh, that's a big red flag there too with a lot of people just trying to make it day by day so yeah I, th I think there's still a mindset of preparedness that people are are growing in at this point yeah i think i think you're right it's definitely definitely kind of depends on your area and and how how you've been affected by it the whole time my area is a little weird in uh, east texas because we didn't i got a lot of friends and family who live in the san francisco bay area that's that's where i grew up that's where i'm from i've been in texas for the last six years but the East Texas reality of COVID versus the Bay Area's reality of COVID is two right. different worlds. And I think yeah. sometimes we, we as even preppers or maybe just as, as people in general, forget about how big our country is and how diverse it is just in terms of the, the regional areas and how certain things could affect certain people completely different. Like mm -hmm. I've never really done much or thought much in terms of like hurricane preparedness. It's just right. not something I was ever going to have to face with. Whereas some people I'm sure probably never gave a lot of thought about earthquake preparedness. Yes. So, so, so regional for sure, but maybe you touched on it a little bit um, right there talking about the economy, but what's like the biggest thing that's on your radar right now? Yeah, uh, definitely for us here, the, the, the economy is what impacts us all. 
Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of on a global scale at this point. Um, in, in the U.S. alone, inflation uh, has reached its highest rate in four decades, uh, reaching about 8.5 percent in March. Um, and th this affects everything. This affects our food, our supply chain, our housing market. Uh, if you want to go out and purchase a vehicle, um, everything is up. And so right. supply and I, chain. I just, saw that, I just saw that on the on the news is the housing market is up 20 percent right now. Right. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy. It's and that's crazy. just that's just on the retail side. I think um, it was a day or two ago. I got the notice from the about the reassessment of our tax, like of, of our appraised value and everything. So the taxes are going up. So right. even if you're not purchasing a house right now, this inflated market is directly affecting your taxes. So sure. this would be the this would be the first time I've ever had to challenge it. And I don't know how that's going to work out, but it was bigger than a eighteen percent increase in my taxes, which was just right. kind of kind of staggering to see. And it's it's one of those. Well, I guess it's not a hidden tax, but it's one of those hidden costs that we don't really account for. You know, I I didn't start exactly. out my my planning for my financial year for twenty twenty two thinking about hey I'm going to have a eighteen percent increase in my property taxes. Right. Right. Which, which, yeah, which is sure, just man. insane. Um. What, the auto industry too. Have you? Um, I work in the auto industry. Have you been in the market for a vehicle or anything like that? Have you actually had to go through that process? Uh, no, but I do have uh, a few friends that have just brought new vehicles this year, and I'm I'm like, are you guys crazy? Yeah, <laughs> but, uh... I, I, you know, working in that business, I, I'm happy when you know we sell a car, but at yeah. the same time, it just doesn't seem like a smart financial decision to me. And one thing that I don't think people consider, and I don't, I don't know if I've heard any other preppers talk about this, but you just kind of sparked it in my, in my mind right now, is what is the build quality of this stuff that's been produced right now? When there's right. supply chain issues, when there's there's manufacturing holdups, like I'm really wondering if you know whether it's a car or whether it's your a washer and dryer, like are there going to be some quality control issues that are going to start manifesting themselves in a couple of years? Right. I mean, the, the supply chain issue disrupts everything. Um, and that and that, that's ac across the global economy. Um, you know, we're seeing truck drivers, seaport slots and warehouse spaces that are all in short supply. And so this is leading to the costly delays and the rising shipping rates for goods and supplies at the same time. Um, right. So it, it, it really it really signifies that people are working paycheck to paycheck just trying to make it. And if this keeps up, you know, there's, there's going to be a downfall for a lot of people. Now, do you think we're, we're at a point where things could turn around or you think it's kind of crossed that like event horizon where there is no turning back? We just haven't seen the collapse yet. Well, the, the collapse is happening right before our eyes. Uh, I right. think for, for, for many people, it has already hit them, uh, either lo losing their job, not having enough money, um, not e not able to pay for you know their 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 monthly car bill, um, not able to keep up with their mortgages, so they're foreclosing. Uh, so you have all these issues happening at the same time. I think as a country, um, th there's going to be fixes here and there that they will try to uh, fix for the whole. But as far as being you know single family in a community, you're definitely going to get hit harder. Uh, as as this stuff progresses. 
Right. So with all that being said, what would be like your advice to someone who kind of like we talked about the heightened awareness right now to preparedness? They're maybe seeing the signs with the economy and everything. What would be what would be your advice to someone who's just starting prepping and, and they want to get started today? Uh, first off, I would say go to our website, go to emergency preparedness, uh, our one on one course um, at prepmentality.com. You know, get, just put in a, a quick plug in there for everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but in all cases, start where you are. Um, start where you are. Figure out what's happening in your community. Figure out what your family needs are, uh, whether that be in more supplies, whether that be in first aid. Uh, change your mindset about life in general. Um, downsize if you can. Uh and going back to the economy, you know, we don't have to eat out every week. Right. Um, we, we we don't have to buy the most expensive pair of pants or shoes uh, that, that come out. We don't have to get the best phone that comes out. So make life-changing decisions that can help you in the future and help your family today. And that's that's a great point. The one the big one I want to touch on real quick is what you said yeah. is the downsizing. Right. I think I one of the things that helped start me, like I was already kind of already into the preparedness, but one of the big things was watching the economy collapse like in 08. That really right. kind of helped with the the mentality of where I planned my future. But in 08, man, I saw a lot of people who lost their homes, lost their cars, lost all that stuff, which could have been avoided if they just kind of put their pride aside a little and downsized. You know, there right. was no reason for some of the some of the hardships that people put put themselves through. They just didn't want to have the like you said, they want the, the newest phone. They want the newest sho shoes. They don't want to have to look stupid uh, downsizing or losing their big house or something like that. But that is such a that is such a great tip. And I that's something I hopefully yeah. going to talk about going forward, too, is just kind of curtailing your lifestyle to have you prepared for what's coming because sure. you, you already know it is man for sure and that for and sure. that would you know that probably be good advice for for people who've been prepping for a long time or people who are just getting started out but would you have anything specific for a more seasoned prepper uh keep stacking to the rafters as bear independent would say yeah Keep, keep stocking up on non-perishable foods and supplies if you have the space. Uh, but the most important thing I've learned with vet preppers is keep learning and growing. Never stop that. Gain as many skills as possible that can support you during hard times, uh, such as gardening, cooking, mechanics, carpentry, water purification, self-defense, and firearms courses. Uh, some of my buddies, uh, Hakeem Isler, uh, he has a survival university uh, course that he does, uh, a Kill Bay Light Fighter 365 survival program. So there's resources out there for us to keep training and keep learning and gaining new skills. And that's the most important thing for seasoned preppers. Right. It's really to double down on the skills. I've been thinking um, about that, too. And you mentioned like carpentry and stuff. I recently um, did like a little minor repair on our dishwasher. And it was, right. you know, there's a lot of resources out there just on youtube and stuff but it was something i wasn't comfortable with but i also didn't want to go buy a whole new dishwasher knowing one there's supply chain issues the prices are completely inflated i think right. that'd be those would be little skills that they could work on i definitely got to work on kind of more like my carpentry carpentry skills too is there any like skill you're tackling right now that you're like hey this is a hole in my game uh, at this point i'm more focused on 
going to new courses, uh, self-defense courses, firearms courses, just to gain a little bit more knowledge in those areas, um, which I've already had, but I'm always growing to the point where, you know, I want to become the best uh, and the best I can be now. Uh, So those are the few areas that that I'm working towards. Right. I think uh, Tim Kennedy said it on a post yesterday, talking about training for to be in an engagement like that. He said, you don't you don't rise to the occasion. You fall to the level of your training. Right. So that's that's a if you're doing that, man, that's one of the things you know, I'm not scared of it, but you never know how you're going to react until you're in that situation. You hope that you've trained enough, that you've done enough, because, I mean, your life really does depend on it. Um, are you are you in an area that's like a high crime area or something? Is that a big thing on your on your radar? Uh, crime is always on my radar. Um, on an average, violent crime has climbed by 12 percent in U.S. cities. Uh, motor vehicle thefts, property crimes like burglary and car thefts are much more common now uh, just because of, you know, the hard times of inflation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I I. I mostly tell people to identify the major concerns and hazards in their community. Um, Of course, it's going to be different when you look at big cities versus country living versus suburbs. Uh, So again, just going back to where you are, uh, if you live on the East Coast, you're going to be worried about hurricanes, Midwest, tornadoes, earthquakes, West Coast, you know, earthquakes, wildfires. Um, And then you engage with your community and see what your community is doing. What are the patterns of the people? When you go to the grocery store, do you see different things off the shelves that you normally see? Uh, Do you see your gas prices rising or or going down? So you just have to engage and kind of keep up with what your community is doing at where you are and start there. Yeah, a constant like area assessment. Yes. Like that's that's the best way I try to think of it. Yeah, for the self-defense, I probably need to work on that too. Like it's a good conversation for me, kind of bringing some <laughs> some points yeah. to my head. I mean, leaving from the San Francisco Bay Area, I was always like on heightened alert all the time, just just anywhere. And then I moved to East Texas. Here, it's a little more kind of rural suburb suburbs in a way, and it's it's just not that type of level of of tension, I guess you could say, or or right. like that many threats out there. Like I don't walk by. 50 homeless people just walking into the grocery store. Like I, right. I'll very rarely see a homeless person versus where I was in San Francisco. I mean, there were, there were threats every, every step, you know? So it's a, it's a little different. So yeah, that's definitely something I got to think about more too. Cause I've let some of my firearm training go because I'm like, man, I don't want to waste the ammo. Right. But if I was in the Bay area, I'd probably be a little more engaged. Cause I'd be thinking, Hey, I'm probably going to be the chances of me being in a violent encounter are way higher. But that's right. not that's not really a reason to slack because if it does happen, I haven't been doing that training. I'm gonna I'm gonna regret that decision. Even in the country areas that you are in, uh, I I get a lot of people who do live in the country, who do live in the suburbs. Um, and, and the number one thing I say to them the most is look out with your neighbors. Uh, if you have neighbors, get to know them, get to know their patterns, get to know you know their family. Uh, just get to know little things about them because those are going to be your worst enemies. They can be your best friends or your worst enemies in hard times. Right. Uh, and so when you think you're not being watched, you are definitely being watched. Yeah. You could go like a whole uh, Hatfields and McCoy type deal real quick out in the country. Right. I imagine. Right. So, now um, what, what was the biggest lesson maybe you learned from, from 2020? Was there anything that like, Cattle, like I know you said it's a lifestyle. I feel the same way. That's how I live it. But was there anything in 2020 that just 
flipped another switch for you or kind of maybe changed your mentality? Uh, in 2020, I, I noticed that we are never going to be fully ready and prepared for any situation that's given to us. Uh, I started Prepare Mentality in January of 2020. Um, and th this was, you know, the, the response from family, friends, uh, people who knew what I what I did as a living uh, and kind of engaging in them because a lot of them were naturally scared about, you know, the situation that happened that year. And so I was giving my advice and, and showing them, you know, a few things to do. And, and that's how Prepare Mentality got started, you know, just giving advice and, and letting them know the few things that I know and the skills that I've gained and kind of impl implement that into their lives. And uh, I always had a preparing mindset, uh, but just implementing that and helping others uh, on a professional platform uh, was different for me. So that, that's the major thing that I learned in 2020. Nice. Yeah. And actually your, your platform's awesome too. It's like, it is very that's a great way to put it. Even when you did your little short video the other day, it's like, man, that is so slick. So I think it's a, a very engaging platform. And uh, what are all the ways that like people would find you and all that? Uh, first, they can go to our website, prepmentality.com. Uh, on there, we have our emergency preparedness one-on-one -on -one class that's online. Uh, we also have PM manuals uh, that can get you started in preparedness at our store. Uh, we also do in-person classes uh, that's right off of our Emergency Preparedness 101 class. Uh, we also do online consulting. Uh, you can make an appointment with us. I uh, know we also do speaking engagements at churches, community events, conferences, seminars, the whole nine yards. Nice. Now, the um, in-person training, where is most of that based out of? Uh, the in-person training, basically, we come to you. Wherever your location is, uh, we, we travel to you. Okay, so you just make a custom plan for if yes. someone was interested in doing that. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, man, I really appreciate your time and getting to chat with you a little bit today. Um, the format is set up, I've mentioned on another podcast, just to kind of give an introductory to my listeners. And I hope to have all the guests I'm having on now that we got plans to have them come back. I hope you can plan on coming back too so we could just dig down on maybe one particular topic, for kind sure. of go across the whole board. But Thank you for coming on today. I really enjoy your content. I encourage you, all brother. anyone who's uh, follows me to go follow you. Now, would other than the website, is there a preferred social you want people to interact with you at? Uh, yeah, they can go right to uh, our Instagram, and uh, you know if they want to contact me that way, just contact in our DMs, or you can email us at preparedmentality at gmail .com. Uh, But both of those resources are there for people to contact me. Perfect. Perfect. Well, again, brother, thank you. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I look forward to you talking too, to you in the future. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. All right, bye.